Hi there, Emma here. A word before we jump in, this podcast is uncensored and full of spoilers. Consider yourself warned. That was perfect. Amazing. Hi, Gemstones, and welcome to another episode of Takes All Over the Place. I am Nick, your bastard out of Carolina. I'm Julie. She's a little rambling rose. We call her Citizen Ruth. Emma, hi, Emma. Hello. Ah, with that smooth talk, we call her Blue Velvet. Those are all... <laughs> those are all Blue Velvet, That's smooth all talk. Yes. That's Laura Dirt. Very good. Laura Dirt. So what do we talk about this week, Nick? Well, obviously we're talking about Laura Dern. Obviously. I spent five to ten seconds Googling (laughs) all of Laura Dern's movies to make that masterfully crafted opening. It was amazing. And we're also talking about Jojo Rabbit. And a little bit of RuPaul. And the Oscars. Yes. And more specifically in the Oscars, Laura Dern. And then we landed on Tyra. And we talked a lot about Tyra. Oh boy, Tyra. So if you've got opinions on Tyra, we certainly do. Please join us for that. It's the majority of the podcast. (laughs) Is that not true? I don't know. I'm just here. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. Well, I mean, we can do a little bit. We can feel everything, like Rilke says from Jojo Rabbit. Do you remember? that? Uh, it's no, been it's been ages so since I watched it. I can't believe it stuck with you this long. What did you say? So he says, let everything happen to you. Beauty and terror. Just keep going. No feeling is final. I'm pretty sure that's the same lyricism that he had when he wrote it. Super staccato and annoying. But we have to look at both sides of the coin. The happy, shiny side, and then the super grotesque one. Gross what one? Grotesque. Oh. I, like, swallowed a mint. I, like, it's also been... Brought his own box. How fucking We're going to be officially she? sponsored by, by- Icebreaker's Frost. <laughs> Which, by the way, have been mostly discontinued because they're 100% poison, but I love them so much. Yeah. Well, that's so sweet that you haven't been, like, stockpiling these, and you've given me one. No. Sidebar. Yeah. I was at the Apple store one day. It took me, like, four hours to get my phone. I met a very strange man who only eats um, Soylent food, like, soy foods. Like humans? No, no. Soylent Green is people, but Soylent is still a product named Soylent. Yeah. And they're little pills, and you can eat them instead of food, and there are enough nutrients and everything. So he's, and he's telling me about how he uh, has many disorders. Yeah. And got off well, of... Again, <laughs> if you did it, because you can't see it, the wave you just heard was Julie gesticulating so wildly and emphatically at me when she said disorders. <laughs> anyway, anyway, please continue. He now smokes pot. At night, and that makes everything better. I'm yeah. sure no one can hear you chomping on that mint. <laughs> <laughs> so clear. <laughs> so he was like, I'm into human potential. I'm, in, I'm into, like, ramping up my pain management. I'm into making as many distracting sounds as possible. <laughs> I'm just getting cozy. So he's, like, the one of the most intense people I've ever met. I wouldn't say likable or unlikable. Just super intense, and I only walk here, and I don't rebuy any clothes, and I don't use any plastic, and I don't do any of these things, and I will find you your phone, and blah, 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 and I don't eat food. And I'm like, okay. And then out of his pocket, he pulls these exact same mints. And I was like, oh, is this a sign from the universe? I meant to marry this troll dweller and live with him forever and eat our mints and take pills. So far, not. I mean, I think you should pursue it. Definitely. He sounds like the person from The Good Place that did everything in life perfectly but was still going to hell. Except Joyless. 
Sure. <laughs> well, he was joyless too in The Good Place. Which guy was that? The one who got the most right about the afterlife of anyone. Oh, yeah. Who's played by that one actor who's in that thing. Oh, my God. Everybody loves that. Right? Oh, my God. Super cute. Anyway, back on topic. So we've all watched Jojo Rabbit this week. Some more recently than others. <laughs> I have just concluded my Jojo Rabbit viewing mere minutes after we were scheduled to meet. <laughs> I am interested to find out what you thought of Jojo Rabbit. I, first of all, I would call these like fresh out the kitchen hot takes. Yeah, these are fresh takes. They're hot takes. Hot takes. I enjoyed it immensely. In the initial part of it, I did think it was just going to be like a weird Nazi moonrise kingdom with all the camping stuff. And there were some like Wes Anderson-esque nods. And I am sort of like chaotic neutral re- Scarlett Johansson, ambivalent, but like I feel like I should hate her, but I don't know that I like feel that inherently. So I like manufacture some sort of opposition to her. But she was great in this. Okay. She was be great. When ah, uh, we'll dive into exactly what happens in the film. But overall, be good. Enjoyed it. What are your thoughts? So I'm gonna quote Guy Branum. Do you know Guy Branum? Yes. <laughs> love, love, love him. So he said, and I quote. Jojo Rabbit is a cute movie with nothing to say. And I would agree. I thought it was a coloring book fairy tale yeah. of this time in history that I, I don't know was necessary, but I love the kids. I love the writer who played Hitler. I loved everybody. I thought everybody in it was amazing. Yeah. And I had some feels at the end. I'm just not sure why it had to happen. But, you know what I mean? Like, will I watch it again? Probably not. But I... The kids were amazing. Those little kids. Fucking Yorkie. Oh my god. So precious. He's gonna be in the new Home Alone reboot. Is he as the Home Alone? I, it just says Home Alone reboot. Is he gonna be the home? <laughs> he's oh my god, was he the cutest? We were talking earlier about how they hug every time they see each other and even when he's in the robot costume. So and he's not actually wearing a real suit of armor. It's made or out of clothes. paper or clothes. <laughs> what is he wearing at that point? It's paper it's paper like. <laughs> the scientist just invented it. It's new. He's kind of like Josh Gad and the kid from Up sort of squished together into one person. Ooh, yeah. Maybe That's like a that. V accurate amalgamation. But I also don't really like Sam Rockwell for some reason. I thought he was great. I don't know what Theon Greyjoy was doing there. I know. He had nothing better to do there. than not <laughs> Because it. it's very much like our podcast. It's super colorful. There's not a lot that we're saying. There's some random gay moments. Who knows why, but we talk about them. And this podcast is a lot more gay than Jojo Rabbit. That's true. I was hoping for more gay. That moment when they had that sort of like coded interaction with Sam Rockwell and Theon Greyjoy, also known as Alfie Allen. Be cute. Yes. Lily Allen's brother, son of Paul Allen. Lily Allen's brother. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You haven't heard the song Alfie that Lily Allen sang? I have. I just didn't know it was about It's about Alfie Greyjoy. Allen. Yeah. <laughs> It was poor Theon being flayed for no reason for weeks and weeks by that super hot guy. Well, and his castration. I saw him first in Misfits. Have you guys seen Misfits? I have seen an episode of Misfits. That's okay. the episode where Put he's it. nude. I would say his name, but I don't want to destroy it. I-W-A-N, Ewan, who knows. He's oh my Welsh, God, right? he is so amazingly hot in Misfits. And the first three seasons are amazing and then it goes south. But yeah. what more can you ask for than three seasons out of something? Is Misfits the one... They're juvenile delinquents working... That have superpowers? Then they get, yeah. Superpowers, yeah, yes. yeah. All right. Emma, what were your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I will speak if I have something to say. <laughs> I just want to include you into the conversation. 
I thought it was beautiful. I mean, I definitely got the same feeling as I did at the end of Moonrise Kingdom, and I think it's just from watching children go through something and start to, like, have moments of coming of age and wrestling with something that's a little bit more adult but still being children. So that all felt precious. Uh, <laughs> and I think it did an interesting job of showing, like, just enough horror and tragedy. Like, the, I think the choice to not really show Scarlett Johansson's death too intimately. Like, that, yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure if that was on purpose or that was just kind of the limits of what could be created in that moment. But I feel like we never saw her face up close. So I feel like we never really dealt with her death too aggressively. And I felt like that was kind of the tone of the whole movie was just going to be like more of a storybook, but not totally glazing over the fact that this was a horrific time in history. Why do we even bother talking? That was so insightful. (laughs) It's like, dear God. All right, well, I'm going to take my graceful exit, eat some mints in the corner with Frank. (laughs) I know, you've probably heard the entire podcast. I've somehow consumed five, one for each minute we've been recording. That's why I brought him his own. Oh, Frank's upset about it. Oh, Frank's like, please don't join me in the corner. (laughs) Do not want your energy right now. So that was one of the saddest and my favorite moments when you're looking at that beautiful, intensely blue butterfly, and then you see the shoes, and and then I thought... He's going to tie her shoes, and then he didn't, and he waited till the end. Yeah. Yeah, that's very sweet. I was super, no, it was super sweet. It was a touching moment. And when I saw Scarlett Johansson, Emma was right around the corner, and she reappeared right before, so I knew something was about to happen. Because <laughs> it's sort of like, I'm going to watch your reaction to this super trying I moment. I want to watch you watching this. It was also when my toast was ready. Right, maybe I was reading into it. I was like, obviously, everyone was just like swarming around me because I'm just a novelty creature. But, no, that was... Bummer Town is how I describe that and my feelings, um, but it was sweet that he wasn't able to tie the shoe till the end with this girl that he loved, but who loved him back as a brother, and then they did some weird awkward dancing. It was such cute dancing. <laughs> I, <laughs> Nick is ping ponging back and forth to see if I agree with Emma or not, and I do. I thought the dancing was very sweet, and I love that David Bowie song. It's amazing. How did what I say not allude to the fact that it was sweet? You just called them awkward. Weird and awkward. That, those can be endearing adjectives. True. That they were. They are. Everyone's colors there are lit up though. Like last night on the Oscar. Yeah. Red carpet when you saw the two little guys running around, you're just like, wow, these kids are gonna be major people. It's awesome. Yeah. I love them. Yorkie was depth the best. Also, all their allusions to the fact that he was hideous. He is like two scratches on his face. He looks exactly the same. He's a demon. It's well, like, but in Nazi Germany. True. Jews were demons. Well, with and then he horns. went deformed. Yeah. Oh my God, and Rebel Wilson, I've given 18 bands to <laughs> That was my favorite part of the whole when Sam Rockwell's like a one eye and she, yeah. I, I delivered 18 bands. <laughs> Your first, your favorite moment was five minutes into the movie. Like really, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. And I love when they were at the camp and then they killed the bunny. I mean, this was not good. Yeah. <laughs> And then they go, Jojo Rabbit, Jojo. I mean, it's just terrible. Bullying and torture, and he really wants to be a part of this. And Yeah. I don't know. Then is it some allegory about his dad leaving? I don't even know. I'm not that deep. <laughs> they were probably, I mean, it won an Oscar, so there have to have been layers. <laughs> should probably the book. Maybe we should read the book. Just I kidding. did put the book on my list. But... You did? <laughs> God. I mean, Your I list like of what? The Schindler's be... List? <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it'd be a good one to listen to. Oh, that's a good point. Whenever I say something like low-key anti-Semitic, I look at Julian and I'm like, was that okay? It was like a joke. Can we do this yet? Well, we just did the movie about the Holocaust. That's hilarious. He was great as Hitler, though, and super funny. And Well, that was my favorite moment when... But what are we doing? Are we trying to make Hitler more palatable? I know he's not. 
Yeah, I don't super understand the concept or why I got greenlit. Because um, when I first heard the synopsis, I was like, what? All the words that came to mind, really shocking. Well, I feel like, had you been able to see me, you would have seen my, my shock and awe. But tragically, this red light is not a camera, <laughs> even though I keep looking into it. Did you feel like he went on a journey, that JoJo really went on a journey? I mean, I didn't feel like he was a real Jew hater in the beginning, and then like a not Jew hater at the end. He was just kind of trying to fit in with all the other Nazis. And I feel like he had a mo- like, when the battle was happening, I think he started like putting together the reality of this thing he had glorified in his head with like, oh, dead bodies everywhere, and like, this is awful. I mean, I think he like had moments of the fact that he couldn't kill a rabbit. He's like, when he goes into the room to stab the girl, Elsa? No. Elsa. Yeah. Elsa. Elsa. Inga was the dot, or the sister that he was. How'd she die? I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Okay. You were stabbing yourself. Well, I'm really stabbing Elsa, but that scene was very upsetting, beautiful, and sad. And so Sam Rockwell was the whole time not really, but once he got thrown out for accidentally, <laughs> possibly almost killing JoJo. <laughs> JoJo did it to his damn self. I know, but then Sam Rockwell's character gets demoted and he oh, ends sure, up sure, back sure. at the place yeah. and then obviously covers for him at the end when he's calling him a Jew and everything and then covered for him when Elsa gave him the papers. Yeah. Which that whole thing was way too tense. Jeez. Oh my God, Stephen Merchant and the 700 <laughs> Heil Hitlers. Hilarious. <laughs> I was like, they're not going to keep doing this. And then they did and you're like, no way. And you're like, oh my God, it's hilarious. Then I'm like, oh my God, it's hilarious. Yeah. The first 17 Heil Hitlers, I was not into it, but like... 35, I was like, yeah. It's like a commitment to the joke where you have to do it ad nauseum until it becomes funny. Yeah. And Stephen Merchant is just... So tall. He just... He's... I don't know. He feels like some sort of Algonquin mythical beast. Um, he's hilarious, but yes, his body type is very... Like the Wendigo. That's what he... Anyway, Google it. Um, but it was super sweet when Sam Rockwell did ensure JoJo's release when he was herded up with the other... Nazis, and then he labeled him a Jew, and it felt like a super Willem Rondius moment. He was a Dutch freedom fighter during World War II who bombed a where they were keeping the papers in Amsterdam to hinder the Nazis' efforts of locating Dutch Jews. And then when he was executed, his final words were, let it be known that homosexuals aren't cowards. And then he died. What a dark, dark story. Thank you. Nick. We're talking about the Holocaust. <laughs> <Very sad. laughs> now you brought up the Holocaust. The ho- can you believe? Um, but yeah, all in all, how many gemstones would you give it? On a scale of zero to... A hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of gemstones to give. I would give it an 82. 82. Right. 85. Right. What about you? Yeah, I'd be around there. I'd think like 87, 88. Well, since we didn't do it last week, how many gemstones would you give Parasite? Uh-huh. All of the gemstones I've Which, ever amazingly, discovered. amazingly, it was the one movie we'd all watch together, and then it went all And then it went Hashtag our impact. <laughs> <laughs> we made that happen. Let's take over it. Would you really give... I don't know if I would give Parasite 100 because of the ending, but... Yeah. The well, ending, what the, ending, ending. Which ending, ending, ending? They're like the voiceover part? Yes. Yeah. I felt like an interesting coda, for sure. I don't with the dad in the basement. I don't know. I would have been fine with all, all of that. Yeah. I would give that movie like a 94 or 95. Oh, yeah. What's your favorite movie of all time? Oh, my God. I have no idea. That's fair. That's such a hard question. You can mull on it. And it runs the gamut. Yeah. I was like, in which category? It's like... I mean, really. 
Yeah. Like, Bridget Jones's diary is my, like, I'm feeling sad and I want to be... Really? Wow. What's that? That's on the Mindy Project. The, I, mine's just as bad. Mine's like, girls just want to have fun or something terrible like that, but... I don't... I have, the, like, a huge, terrible taste in my mouth for Renee Zellweger. And I don't think her Oscar speech about who knows what I just helped said, with that. Venus and Serena were mentioned, so that was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, me. Venus and Serena and Selena and what else rhymes? And Medina and... Potatoes. It was a wild moment. Don't meet your. You should meet your hero. <gasps> what are you talking about? I don't know. Whatever quaalude she was on, I'd like some because she looked like she was on a great time. <laughs> she looked amazing. You know. She looks stunning. Whatever very, exercises she's very doing. Thin person. Just paranoid. <laughs> How about what? Uh, whether or not we're recording. <laughs> yeah, we did have to record. Did you mention that in like our pre? No. Oh, yeah, we did have to record last week's podcast. It's twice. the best feedback I've gotten about any of our podcasts. So maybe. We <laughs> so like maybe twice. we should do it always. <laughs> yeah. An unnamed server I walked into the sleeping room last today. Yeah. Said to me, "Are you doing a podcast with Nick Cotter?" I was like, "Maybe." She's like, "I thought so." Oh, Gabe. Gabe. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you engender a lot of trust, though, when people just share information. That, that they is wanna... very true. I'm the daughter of two therapists, and it's just in my cellular DNA for people to just tell me things that I mostly don't want to know and <laughs> don't care about and probably won't tell anyone else. Yeah. Maybe that's part of the uniqueness of you, <laughs> is they can sense that they can just drop all of their bullshit on you, and you literally won't care about it. Or Not to repeat, it. but I will listen. Like, I'll give you active listening eyes and nodding. But will you actually be words. active listening? Yes. Oh. <laughs> well, your voice literally was only discernible to Frank. It was that high. <laughs> um, I mean, on the one hand, you're like, I'm this, thank you, Frank, caring bodhisattva who really does want good things for the world. And on the other hand, I'm a garbage can that people just drop their crap in and leave. So, you know. It's a mixed bag. Good Cur- gift and curse. What's that? Doesn't bear repeating. <laughs> we'll listen to it on the podcast. <laughs> do you have any? Do we have any other Oscar take things? I know it's. It's the first Oscars in a while that I made it through the vast majority of it. Usually around halfway through, so like. 1.30 a.m., I uh, I bounce out. Mostly because during commercial breaks, I will sometimes give my Oscar speech in the kitchen and then get so worn down by the emotional investment. I wish I had known that you were going to do that for us today. About my Oscar speech? Yeah. Mm, we'll see. <laughs> I have several mints lodged in my mouth, like you know a squirrel preparing for winter. Frost mints, we take back our spots. Well, I've been off the jewel for <gasps> uh, Is that true? a week, yeah. Literally. A week? A week. Thank you. My lungs are repairing themselves. I'm still on nicotine. I have the patch on right now. How many patches? A singular patch. Wow. I know, right? <laughs> ah, the bar is so low, much like the acceptance speeches at the Oscars. Thanks Thank for that room you. Shopping. Well, it was done by a female conductor. <laughs> Remember that moment? We're going to let her conduct these next four minutes and that's all. <laughs> then go away. Please applaud us on social media. Did you know Christy Metz could really sing? I did not. I knew. I barely know who the fuck she is. I know she's in This Is Us. I've never yes. watched it. Okay. I thought I recognized her. I've never seen This Is Us. And I didn't know she could sing. The first season is worth watching. Okay. There was also a lot of comments about, like, when did this turn into the Grammys? Like, there was just musical performances. And no one will ever know why Eminem was there, right? <laughs> so, it's just, it was baffling. <laughs> he tweeted, like, thank you so much for having me. You know, sorry it took me 18 years to get there. 
So he refused to perform in the early 2000s when he was nominated and won for Best Song. Great. Bye. But, like, it's not even the 20th. I literally looked up the date that it was released. I was like, is it the 20th anniversary? Like, what is You could have at least preempted in some way to give us a window into this. Poor Martin Scorsese's fallen asleep. The Irishman won nothing. Just put him out of his misery already. Like... Everybody stood up for him. That was V Sweet. But can we agree that the sound mixing is always awful? And obviously Eminem could not hear the feedback, and he's not on the beat, and then all the terrifying people are trying to get it, and then the cast of Hamilton knows all the words, and I'm singing at home, and you're just like, what is (laughs) happening? I'm always singing at home, too. I also knew all the words. (laughs) Her recut, she just kept going. I was expecting her to tire at some point, because we had a lot of um, sorbet mimosas, if you will. I heard. Um, It was a new (laughs) drink that we crafted of soda water sorbet and champagne we're mixologists we're people who like stormed the local iga and grabbed the first three things we could see but well as i sat in my disdain writing what the fuck wondering what's going on i was also singing a lot yeah like well all right you better lose it okay all right we'll go there that's me with shakira's la tortura (laughs) um speaking of did you watch the super bowl halftime show of course god two now never mind I was going to be like, who's the best? But that's what we're Shakira. trying to avoid. But <laughs> That's what? What we're trying to avoid is like, two women sharing the stage, let's not pit them against each other. No, they did a great job. They both did a great job. Empirically, Shakira was better. For me. Yeah. But J-Lo was amazing, and the controversy's hilarious, and... <laughs> like they were half a- naked. Did you see what the cheerleaders are wearing? Did you notice? I think we're really upset they're actually little kids in cages and they said born in the USA and then pulled out a Puerto Rican flag. Like, nobody wants to talk about that, but did you see her butt? Her butt was out for everyone to see. Pole dancing classes everywhere. It's like, I mean, I also was not like, what an amazing symbol of freedom, but maybe it is. What do I know? I've never been on the pole. But I've watched the YouTube video and it looks really hard. Really hard. Really hard. And she was like holding herself. That's amazing. Oh, she was like, this is what you're missing, Oscars. All right, look at me. I got a whole halftime show. Well, half of a halftime show. I've got a quarter show. Have you guys seen Hustlers? I have not. Is it, no. good? Is it worth it? I thought it was great. Because originally they said she was going to get an Academy Award nomination. Yeah. I don't know why that necessarily... I mean, I think she did good. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I think there's a reason I don't choose the Academy Award nominees. But I thought it was a really good performance. The financial crash of 2008 how it affects, you know, the stripping industry. I was like, hmm, it's an angle I haven't considered before. Like, oh. Well done. Well, that is the list. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Anything oh that stood out? It does have my favorite line ever, which is the, like, <laughs> coming to my first. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still just reeling from the moment where you looked at Emma with unadulterated joy and pleasure, as one should when gazing at the beauty of Emma, and immediately turned to me, and everything just dropped on your face, and you're like, what fresh hell are you going to bring, other Cotter? Untrue. I was going to say, two of the other takes from the Oscars you want to talk about, or... Well, I did go up to sleep right before the best picture was announced. Um, And then I was watching Twitter, which is my typical ritual as I'm falling asleep, is to be on my phone for four to six more hours until daylight comes. And then I saw all these people, like, really pumped about the prospect of Parasite winning. And I was like, that'd be cool. It feels like we're getting the momentum. They won for director. Usually that's, like, a sure fucking thing. And then Yeah. And then I came down and was... It was a cute fucking moment. It was really great. Um, it was... I do love how Bong was just like, 
totally nonplussed with all the accolades. Like, everyone was cheering and being like, oh, amazing. Which, on the one hand, beautiful moment that all these, you know, typically local awards that never recognizes anything. He specifically said it's like the Oscars are kind of like a local award show. No Best Picture winner had ever been in a language besides English. So that was monumental and cool. It was a terrific film. Everyone was supporting it. So surface level, the heartwarming that everyone was like, what a momentous moment that we're all behind and super excited about. And that was cute. But it also just felt like I saw this tweet about um, sort of the noblesse oblige of all these people being like, it's almost as if we're a level above you and we can pity and patronize this sort of fringe group. And Bong was just sort of like, I'm just here to drink. And they just wouldn't let him drink. They kept giving him awards. And he was like, I should not be sober still. And I was like, buddy, I'm not. And I wish you were with me. How's he feeling today? I hope Bong's okay. I was like, give me a live stream of the Bong after party. I want to see what happens now. Like, what are they going to translate? What is that girl going to translate for him later to people? Is she going to take some liberties? Or is she going to just, like, does she have to stay sober? What's, what's the protocol? And did you see that Jane Fonda has repurposed that dress she wore once before and she's not buying any more clothes, you know? Oh, uh, because she's Caring about the environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was really cool, I thought. And then when she's so confused at the end because everyone's <laughs> yeah. like, let them talk. So they put the lights up, and then that lady started talking. And I was like, maybe the lights out were out for a reason. <laughs> she is a lot. I just love a sense of humor. I was like, what is happening? And then when they did it again, I was like, it's time to go now. <laughs> just say goodnight, Jane. Just say goodnight. Get us out of here, please. It was cute. I was very glad that they won. I know, and then since it's a podcast, it's terrible. We can't do any fashions. We could re- redo their outfits. Oh, okay, so what did we think about, like, all the filler nonsense, like, well, yeah, Maya I was, Rudolph and Kristen Wiig? I thought that was fun. Whoa. I was like, what was your favorite bit? Because that was mine. Talk coming to life, though. That dress was really a lot for me. The I saw one. lasagna. Oh, so good. Once again, Emma is winning this one. She's winning. Forever. Perpetually. It <laughs> seemed like my textiles project from 11th grade, where we had to make a doll, um, and I made a, a quite terrible one. I don't know, you literally ripped the microphone away from me. How am I supposed to continue speaking with that act of aggression? Back to your dolly. Hello, dolly. Let's continue. So I had to make this fucking doll, and she was a train wreck. And so I was like, how can I repurpose this? And obviously this story doesn't paint me in a great light, but very few of my stories do. I was like, this is going to be an indictment on human trafficking, and that's why she looks so busted. And so I drew some track marks into her arms, and I sort of crafted this whole bullshit backstory and metaphorical nonsense surrounding it, and then they displayed it because they were like, we super appreciate your uh, intentions behind this, and you took a sort of surface-level project and turned it into something much deeper, and I was like... Mine was just the shittiest one. I think that paints you in a great light. You were crafty enough to figure out how to make it work. By utilizing someone else's pain for my own advantage? Yes, white privilege all day. And then Will Ferrell and those guys talking about like what cinematographers do with him and Julie Louis Starkus, they were really funny. They were really funny, yeah. The Steve Martin and Chris Rock thing was like kind of touch and go, but parts of it were quite quite good. Okay, Randy Newman, worst 
thing ever. Like, why are we panning for reaction shots from Eminem? But as Randy Newman sings the same line again and again with the clouds behind him, I'm like, pan to the audience now. <laughs> see what's happening now. I would like to see anyone's face during this nightmare. Oh, my God. And the Elsas from everywhere. I also don't think they could hear. Adina Menzel is never with the music. She was ahead of it the whole time. Also, and there's the poor girl in the sky. <gasps> her name is Aurora, and she's quite talented. Her you name sh- is Aurora. Yes. You- She's a Norwegian artist. Oh my god! And she's a delight. You should listen to her music. It's really good. yes. I'm a legitimate fan of hers. Wow, got some deep dives on some weird <laughs> shit. Why did they have to put her in the corner like that? She's Norwegian. That's just naturally where they go. Typically, Norwegians are not super social. And then every Elsa. <laughs> all that's the true. That, that's a typical thing of their culture is that they don't like associating with others. It's like an inside joke that they do. Has no one seen Scum? No. Scum is a Norwegian. Scum. <laughs> Everyone should watch Scum. Scum's delightful. Is it Scum or Scum? Uh, do I look Norwegian? You seem to know a lot about their people. It's their supposedly artists. one of the. It's supposedly one of the most difficult languages to learn, um, if you're not of the Scandinavian ilk. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to do... Okay, so if I'm only allowed to bring up two medical conditions per podcast, you and Julie are only allowed to have synchronized intakes of air twice. Well, when you take all the air out of the room, Ah! I have to inhale so I don't die. That's not fair. That was a really solid comeback. (laughs) I was just thinking, like, Mandarin would be really hard. Farsi is really difficult. I've never heard that Norwegian. I'm sure you're right. Is really well, that's why we have the truth booth because so often I am not. I, I learned like the truth later. Is be longer than the episode. Well, sure. <laughs> if I just keep spouting nonsense. Both of us. Whenever Grandma grabs her pen, I'm like, oh, that was true. What I said, not you. It works in like a conversation when it's super ephemeral and dies out and just like makes me seem smart in the moment. But then if it actually lives on and people can fact check, that's when it's like, oh my god, the facade is falling off. I think that so far we've learned that in the truth booth, I'm the one who knows nothing and says people's names incorrectly. Well, that's all it is. You just don't know people's names. I know. What do I have? Alzheimer's? I'm like 47. <laughs> this is not good. This is not good. I don't think he feels... I mean, oh, wow. Did you mention a medical condition before I did? <gasps> we've already mentioned your medical conditions. Because you... No, but you... You started oh, that moment. You I opened that door and I busted out and I was just like... Just like Portionelle Money's top opened right up. Can you imagine how terrible that would be? I was not able to look at it. I cannot handle awkward situations. But like, she handled it beautifully. She was just like, She really oh. did. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, she's wearing an afghan of flowers while Nazis dance around her, laying on the floor. What First the of hell? all, the gall to include... Why? Uh, well, the gall to include the midsummer outfits and the us outfits when yes, they weren't nominated for right anything. Yes. But as a person who dreams of being a Janet Jackson backup dancer when I grow up, I was like, oh, I would have wanted the jumpsuit. I would not have wanted to wear one of the sparkly. I was like, put me in the boots and the jumpsuit. I would have torn that up. What's your favorite Janet Jackson song? Oh, my God. What isn't my favorite Janet Jackson song? That's fair. I mean, literally. Before I like pump myself up, if I have to go yeah. do something where I'm supposed to be energetic, I'm all of it. I can listen to Control, Miss You Much. Yeah, you know it, Frank. Yeah, Frank's um, fucking into that. Anything from the Rhythm Nation. I pretty much think I am in the Rhythm Nation. We are all part of a Rhythm Nation. That's we the song. Part <laughs> That's the, the part. Rhythm Nation. Wow! 
So anyway, I was gonna think that's like, I mean, together again was the first one that I like fucking fell in love with um, <laughs> because it came out right when I was growing up. So like five years old, just bopping along to like together again, where she was basically in the Lion King in that music video. Be cute. Feedback is also a very <gasps> good one. Feedback is my jam. Feedback is such a fucking bop. Feedback is a jam. God. Damn. I was like, you're back, be back. Oh, bring it up, let me in the moon, bring it up, let me in the moon. I'm gonna feed Mac, feed Mac, feed Mac, feed Mac. First of all, America's next time. First of all, this is like my seventh of all. Time out. They have been showing Tyra Banks interviews with political candidates, John Edwards. Did you see that one? Yes. Why? And then her talking to Beyonce and everything was on Beyonceism. Is it Danny Pellegrino? I don't know who it is on. Uh, it's oh my God. Find it, live it, love it. We'll link it. Watching Tyra Banks interview anyone is magical, but watching her interview political candidates and ask questions is. A I mean, dream. Nick is flapping. I'm, I'm literally <laughs> like, can I continue my exam? No. It's such a wild time. Tell me what you think. So I have watched several Tyra Banks episodes, like when it was on. We I were rooting on. for you. Yeah. We were all rooting for you. I was there for the entire ANTM, America's Next Top Model, journey from this is like a facsimile of a legitimate fashion program to H to T, Smize. <laughs> Let me get all these catchphrases. If in like, first of all, she, eighth of all, she was the predecessor of queens on RuPaul's Drag Race coming up with catchphrases that they could monetize. That's all that she did in the final seasons was say yeah, bullshit. She went to put Harvard. It on so, oh my God, there's just so much. She, one of her interviews was with Kathy Griffin and Kathy Griffin, for some reason, was talking about recidivism rates um, and incarceration. And then I was just like, recidiv- recidiv- what? Like, I don't, I don't know what recidivism, I'm back to like, I know what this is and what does it mean? And, and Kathy Griffin is just like, this is all just fodder for a future show I'm going to do where I'm just going to make fun of all of your antics. Kiss my fat ass! That's the best one ever. <laughs> if you have not seen the episode where Tyra dons a fat suit and goes around and people are not nice to her and she's no longer living in her bubble, then she sits on a couch with three actual large people who can't take <laughs> off their suits and cries and says, people were so mean to me! And all the larger women are comforting her. Because of the treatment she had for one eight-hour day in a fat suit. Oh, my God. No, the kids... For Shut sh- up, Tyra. Shut up. And she never will. Be- as long as the CW exists, she oh will never God. shut up. She, the but- day she got rid of Mr. J was a humongous mistake. Go ahead. I could... And I do want to... And now that I'm speaking, my true dream and passion is fully actualized in my mind. And I do want to conduct and teach a course on Tyra Banks and America's Next Top Model because there's so many layers. It's so fascinating. For the first four seasons, did you notice, you probably didn't, but here it is, Janice Dickinson, whoever she picked, was not the winner. Mm. Every person who eventually challenged Tyra Banks, given the boot. Twiggy, literal fashion icon Twiggy, she was gone. Paulina Poroskova, gone. And then she just kept filling herself with uh, sycophantic gay men. Who is the social media guy who is the worst? Well, your social media tour went down this week. Everyone's really disappointed in the way that you're acting. <laughs> hate him. Anyway, he was like in the last couple seasons. I didn't watch the last they, couple seasons. Uh, I'm so sorry. When they had the men? Well, I did watch the one with Niall because who couldn't? He's so gorgeous. Oh my God, he's dead. He's dead? Death. Oh, <laughs> were you speaking silently? So I had to. Pr- Tyra, was that a social experiment? <laughs> you kamikaze on me? This is how deaf people feel every day. <laughs> 
fear we're headed in a dangerous direction. Is a mint for like Tyra is amazing at what she does. She's gotta like, give her props. But we, she's like, if you had just sat like this, uh, or a little bit more of a, mm, you're like, wow, that is true, Tyra. That is true. Like, totally changed that picture. The energy went to, uh. That's fair. We started talking about Tyra because they would always use burgeoning gay hits that never fully made it to the mainstream, like Feedback and like The Fame by Lady Gaga before oh. she blew up. And The Fame is one of my favorite Lady Gaga songs of all time. Mm-hmm. Just like Don't Bother is one of my favorite Shakira songs. I gotta go with the hits on those two. I don't really, I haven't really delved deep into their catalogs. Stick with me, babe. <laughs> we'll go super deep Ew. into Aurora. Oh. What? Did you not? Why do you the way to... he said super deep? Yeah. It's kind of creepy. Yeah. Sexually minded. <laughs> well, you're <laughs> just hot, 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 Nick. I am so, quite toasty. I'm wearing so. Many in our four hundredth gay take this week, did you get to watch any of RuPaul on Saturday Night Live? Emma showed me one clip <laughs> of RuPaul making over Pete Davidson. Yeah. Do you find Pete Davidson attractive? Um, no. I do know a lot of people who find that architect type, like, yeah, attractive. bird, sad genius. Like, tattooed Caucasian. Who no is, shoulders, no pecs. Yeah, that is just... Can't lift a fork. Liberal cool. enough and very outspoken about that modicum that he knows that makes him feel like... And then he was talking about how he was super wounded because everyone thinks I've got a big dick and it's just like kind of a little above average and like that's my struggle. It's like, all right, Pete Davidson. Also, he was dating Kate Beckinsale for a second, who is objectively... After dating Ariana Grande. Kate Beckinsale wins in so many... Kate Beckinsale is, I think, one of the most attractive people to ever walk the face of the earth. And hilarious. You should watch her interviews on a variety of late night television shows. So did you... What did you think of that sketch? I thought it was fun. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was entertaining. Well, if you watch the rest of the show, RuPaul did, I thought, did a great job. What was your favorite sketch? Which one should I look for of all of them? They're all funny. His opening monologue is good. He does, they do Thirsty Cops, where he and this woman um, pull over Pete Davidson, of course, because he's just a hot sandwich. And they're basically like... so, like, game for the gay stuff. Well, they're both, like, hitting on him and just yeah. basically making sexual innuendos the entire time. He's like, am I arrested or what? And they're like, we're going like, to lock you up for service or whatever, but... It's all funny. Was Bowen Yang in that one? No. The Democratic uh, convention... Uh, Iowa caucus? No. Debate. That was pretty funny. Bowen's yeah. in that. Really funny. And they were like, I'm George Stephanopoulos, and these two people are here for show. And they're like, hi. And they were like, I look like Superman. They never let them talk. It was fantastic. All right. Well, you were going to start talking about Younger. Well, I was going to start talking about... But I also have one more gay take. The Independent Spirit Awards... Um, <laughs> are so fucking fun and so fucking gay. So that's the gayest take of all gay what takes. What channel are they, those on? IFC. They're the, it's like the... Independent film channel, but I don't know. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, it's like an acronym. So like, get this. <laughs> Each letter stands for like a word. So it's like I and then F and C, but then there's layers to it. Okay, yes. You don't even understand. So it was hosted by Aubrey Plaza for the oh second year in a row. And it was great. Clearly is like there to do a good job, but also doesn't give a fuck about anything, and it's just a beautiful combination. And there's one segment about all the hidden gay moments in movies that you didn't realize were gay. <gasps> and it, I don't want to give too much away, but it culminates in a beautiful musical Laura Dern appreciation explosion. And Emma, if you could please link that, it is the most exceptional moment. I showed it to my family during a commercial break at the Oscars after Laura Dern won the Oscar, who was also low-key blacklisted, like was dropped by her agent and was 
out of meaningful work for like a decade after being the paramour of Ellen and Ellen's coming out episode. Mm. And evidently Ellen about finding out that, you know, she was sort of shushed aside, apologized. And she was like, you know, I get people who come up to me all the time and say how significant that was. And I wouldn't trade that in for anything. Like she just feels like a genuine, uniquely great moment. And there's a reason that all the gays appreciate her. She's I the gay unifier. She's a gay icon. She's burgeoning. Her. She's a burgeoning gay icon. Fantastic. What a gemstone. Well, did you watch Enlightened that she was on on HBO? No, I have no idea who the fuck she is, but I love her. <laughs> I love her more than life itself. Big Little Lies? Did you watch Big Little Lies? No, I watched Jurassic Park. Oh, that's a good one. That's a great one. Yeah, I've seen Jurassic Park and I saw the IFC <laughs> tribute. I know, you have all these deep dives on like people no one's ever heard of, and then it's like, Laura Dern, not a thing. Who? Bruce Dern? It's like, is he like famous? I don't know. Take me away. Why do you have to be so suspicious of everyone? Why are you going to be so paranoid? Because I'm a six on the Enneagram scale. <laughs> I'm not very trusting. I'm a helper. <laughs> you are a helper. And like, I tend to go to six or twos and nines in times of strife. Um, so I've been watching Younger, which is, I think, a delightful, but based on your face, you feel differently. And I'm excited to dive more into this. <laughs> um, it's amazing. This beauty. <laughs> this disdain. Um... So, it's a TV land show that is still airing, somehow, with Hilary Duff and Sutton Foster. And she, it sort of tackles, lightly, ageism. And she is able to find work after many years outside of her industry to raise her family. Her husband is an asshole, as most typically are. And then she moves to Brooklyn with, uh, who's it, Debbie Mazar. And they live together, and she takes on this whole youth culture. And then gets mistaken for someone in their 20s, right? She she positions herself as a 26-year-old to get hired. And in real life hired. is a... 40-year-old. At the time that it aired, I believe she was around there. I feel like the truth booth is opening early. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. And then she starts dating a guy, right? Yeah, she starts... And everyone buys into that she's 28, right? 26. It's Sorry. like you're not even listening to me. You're already Googling your witty retort. She's so 44 for now. I'm sad wondering how old she is. I think she was 40 at the time of filming. And I'm I think sure you're right. That I'm it was right. five seasons ago. You're probably dead on. Anyway, so I find it to be a super enjoyable, V-easy, super light television show. And I know you've watched a couple episodes. What are your thoughts? Specifically on Sutton Foster. <laughs> I don't believe for a minute that she's in her 20s. I don't believe that anyone on that show thinks that she's in her 20s. I also hated Bunheads. And I only like Sutton Foster at all because she's at least related to the Gilmore Girls in some way. Yeah. So I will give her joy for making me think of the Gilmore Girls. But I think she is a fantastic Broadway actress, I'm sure. But this is TV. You gotta pull back a little bit. But I will give it... If it's gone five seasons, she probably really got into her character. I feel like on Bunheads, you never really got to know who she was. And on this show, I just don't... I didn't buy it in the first three episodes. That she's like this clumsy 20-something. You're a cougar. You're old. We know you're old. Moving on. I'm old. I'm with you. But maybe with your young eyes, she looks better. I don't know. So you're in season five? So yeah, I made it through much of the seasons. It gets better after 
the first three episodes. Like you, it's very much a binge show where you have to like power through the first season, okay, and just like that. pick up what you can as you're just diving deep at three a.m. I am totally in. After Parks and Rec in the first year of that, I was just yeah. like, no way. And now it's like one of my all-time favorite shows. I think so you're like, Diana Trout becomes sort of like this beautiful gay icon woman. It, it's a fun show. It's interesting that the two leads are the ones who can act the least, though. And Sutton Foster and Hilary Duff. Whom I love. I love Hilary Duff. But much like her voice, her acting is a little weak. Do I still love watching her? Yes. Do I still bop along to come clean every single day? No. But most days... <laughs> And when I need a boost, Metamorphosis is like an iconic opus. Goddamn. Stunning. But I think it's a super fun show, and I think you should uh, give it another try. Totally down for that. It's on Hulu. Hulu. For those who want to watch with Is us. that on the interwebs? It's on the, it's on the inner the internet. Uh, well, I would like you, if you are so inclined, to take a couple of looks at Next in Fashion. Have you watched that on, on Netflix? It is super fun. Yeah. All right. High How- production value. Really amazingly talented people like Project Runway on steroids. I think it's so good. So, how does it differentiate from Project Runway besides not having any affiliation with Harvey Weinstein, which I enjoy? Or the Kushners. Um, Yeah, it it doesn't differentiate except they don't go to mood, they have fabrics (laughs) in in the room. Um, But these are people who've won awards in other countries. These are like really people who are on the cusp of already becoming famous. Yeah. They're not like, I went to FIT. I'm hoping to make it. It's like people with established brands who just need that next push. So they're like, it's way step ahead of everybody at Project Runway. And then the designs are amazing. If you make it to the finale, the finale is so worth it. So good. Since we're, I'm looking for things that make me happy because I've accidentally been watching Last Chance You, which is the saddest thing I've ever seen in my life and I do not recommend it. Anyway, it's just about the horrible treatment and systemic racism in the country and how we just use people and throw them away and pretend like it's for their betterment, but it really isn't. It's just so sad. But once you're in, you're in. You got to see what happens with, you know, mm-hmm. all the kids. So let's think of things that make us happy. Let's think. Well, because like maybe we can all think of our favorite rom com or our favorite something that we can lighten up the load. Yes. Because I find there's nothing that makes me happier than completely disconnecting from the physical world and immersing myself into media content. It's just like dopamine rush unlike any other except for nicotine but I can't do that anymore and it's fine you're doing it right now you have yes. right now it's not like you're taking a break do you know what's been patch? fucking ringing in my ears this entire time is that one time you were like are you on a patch well that's not real that's not real quitting and I was like <laughs> well she's not wrong is she she's not wrong but I'm quitting the the mental the, the mental need before the physical one I'm not shaming you. I'm just stating the facts. Sure, yeah. If you have nicotine coursing through your blood, you have not stopped using nicotine as a drug. But I am tackling head-on the the physical mental triggers while still getting a constant dose of nicotine. How's that going? This is the longest I've ever done it. I feel like before this, you were off it for a while. Not consistently, no. Now, just help me out. Could you put something in the jewel that might not kill you? Like, is there herbal? Like, there were herbal cigarettes at one point that were not pot. Yeah. You could smoke if you just needed that feeling. I I spent a lot of money, like, three or four years ago on these, like, jewel-esque devices as well that were just, like, black pepper or some other things. They were absolutely awful. 
And so no. Because I was like, I think it's just like the ritual of yeah. it. I think it's the oral fixation. And then I was like, no, most of it's the nicotine, <laughs> actually, is what I'm missing, is the nicotine. Well, now I've got the patch. I've got the, like, second lowest dose, though. Wow. There's only three doses, though, so... <laughs> It's also the second. <laughs> it's not the highest. It's not the highest. So I'm working my way down. At one point, didn't you wear like a mini patch? At one point, no, I, I cut it, which is a big no no, because that's how you get nicotine poisoning. And because uh, too much nicotine can drip out from the edges into your bloodstream directly. So once I read that, I immediately took like the three <laughs> quadrants that I had placed on different parts of my body and just like. But you didn't call for help, so that's good, right? Well, I couldn't make it out of my office. <laughs> <laughs> I was paralyzed with fear. <laughs> but yeah, we've made it. Uh, we made it a week. Party! You should reward yourself with something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm still in the patch, so <laughs> it's not like I'm really being successful. <laughs> It's not the nicotine that's killing everybody. It's the jeweling, right? Fair, correct. So yeah, I'd much rather your sister has right. asked you to smoke Honestly, cigarettes, get on the patch, just not jewel. Correct. Um, correct. And honestly, this has helped more. Correct. This has helped more by like doing it by the book instead of just like never crave. I'm going to cut up like an eighth of a patch <laughs> and put it on and just like rub it real hard into my biceps. <laughs> Thanks for listening, Gemstones. Bye. Have a good week. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> Truth Booth. Hi again. It's Emma in the Truth Booth. A few notes from today's episode. I've since learned that the book Caging Skies, which is what the movie Jojo Rabbit is based on, is a very different and much bleaker story than Taika Waititi's take. There is no imaginary Hitler, and Jojo gets older and more bitter. So I'm not sure I'll listen to it. But maybe. Everything Nick said about Will and Arondius was true, and impressive that he knew that much about a Dutch freedom fighter. Nick's claim that Norwegians are not super social seems true. They observe an arm's-length politeness and don't value small talk as much as... However, according to Babbel, Norwegian is actually the easiest language for English speakers to learn, and the six hardest are... Mandarin, Arabic, Polish, Russian, Turkish, and Danish. That's all for this week. Takes All Over the Place is a project of Team Takes, a.k.a. Nick Cotter, Julie Sunderland, and Emma Cotter. With the invaluable sound editing help from Phil Cotter and Frank. <laughs> the awesome toenails on the wood floor from Frank. <laughs> we love you, Frank. Love you.